gentlemen, welcome to the Dune Heavy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan McQueen. As always, I just want to thank you for listening. We're here for another episode. Episode 15, we're back with the Dune Hippie Podcast. Today we have a guest, Jason Tire Fryer. You may know him from uh, some YouTube stuff, so kind of uh, bigger in the YouTube scene. He is a YouTuber. Uh, probably going to know some of the work he's done with Whistle Diesel as well, so that's actually kind of when I met Jason. Uh, if you know the truck Monster Max and its story of coming to Silver Lake, um, I went out there when they were out there with the thing, and that's when I actually met Jason. So Jason was out there doing some film stuff with Whistling Diesel and the Monster Max truck. Um, I don't know when this 20... It was last season, so it would have been 2020. Um, that's when I met Jason out on the dunes and spent the day with him, gave him a ride in my truck. Um, you know, and then just kind of stayed in touch ever since then. So we've gone back and forth for a while, kind of become friends through uh, just social media and interests and... Uh, he actually came back up to uh, be on the podcast, so this is the first podcast Jason has ever done. Um, it was super cool to get him in here and get some of the story out. This ended up being uh, quite a bit longer one, um, but someone like Jason and the things he's done, um, you know, at a younger age, he's experienced a lot. The dude's lived a lot of life already and um, kind of just doing the things that he wants to do and chasing dreams and chasing ideas and... Uh, super cool to get some of that out on the podcast and get his story out there and you know this is one of the ones we could have gone for hours honestly um after we shut this podcast off we talked for hours more of that stuff that could have been on the show so uh he'll probably end up coming on the show down the road again um we definitely have plans to try to do some more stuff in the future together so hope you have some fun listening to this one um this is a good buddy of mine jason the tire fryer um i know he's starting to do a lot more of his own stuff uh youtube channel he's growing that he's got a lot of his own vehicles so if you go check him out check out his youtube stuff check him out on social media but we're gonna get into this one episode 15 dune hippie podcast yeah i mean a lot of it too is just like finding your own style yeah and, you know like that's a lot i get a lot of um small youtubers asking me you know like how can i get somebody else to do my editing and it's it's like man you just got to embrace the suck and like yeah, learn how to do, do it, it yourself because it's so hard to find i because i've had other people edit for me when i was just starting because i just didn't know how to edit okay and but so, then it's not probably coming across exactly how you want. right like so you and i can edit the exact same footage and you know, have, have the exact same like plot storyline and we'll come up with something completely different. Yep. And so like, I think if you're going to try to find your style, it's good to, to do your own editing. Well, I think that's a, a good intro segue to let's introduce the people who you actually are and uh, let them know who we're talking to. Obviously they're, they've clicked on the title. They already know your name, but let's get it out of you. Do we got Jason tire fryer? I uh, met you when you were up at Silver Lake. Couple, what was it? Last summer or two summers ago? Now I don't even remember. I think it it was last summer. Yeah, it was it last was summer. Like, it was like um, was it three or four weeks after I got back to work after shattering my femur? So okay, yep. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you Honestly, were up hurt, here. Uh, hurting pretty bad from that. Yeah, good but, times. I just remember uh, seeing you guys up here and seeing you in Silver Lake, and then yeah, hop. And I was like, sweet, those dudes are over here. I'm gonna hop in my truck and go see what if I can uh, see Monster Max, the truck you're up here with, and uh, cruise down over here. And, and then I remember chilling for the day, give you ride, give a couple of you guys rides, and mm-hmm. spent some time with you up there. So was that your first time to Silver Lake on that trip? Yeah. So like I, a little bit of background on me, I guess I. Um, grew up farming like in the in northern indiana you know it's completely flat there's a like there's a pretty big truck scene but i was like never really into like bigger trucks i always like for whatever reason like my stuff low so like all my pretty much everything i own is lowered two-wheel drive street two-wheel drive street lowered a lot of horsepower fast like that's kind of that's kind of my thing. So like, I kind of haven't really been in the whole like off-roading deal until I started working for Cody or Whistling Diesel. And then I kind of got started getting into the off-road end of it. Uh, Yeah. But, and then that truck uh, that he ended up, well, the Monster Max truck, which mm -hmm. when Monster Max one was the truck that you guys were up here with, you were going on a film trip, which that was the first and only time I think he brought that truck up here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he brought that. Yeah. So he's up here on that trip and you were filming for him. So you were up on that trip filming. There was all sorts of, I remember popping up on the hill and just like, there's people everywhere. I was like, Mm -hmm. man, what looking at the truck, that truck, I remember the Heims on it were like five times bigger than the Heims on my truck. It was was just insane. Right. Like see for somebody like me and that is in the server lake scene and sees the stuff, you know, by far that's the biggest truck that I've seen in my lifetime out in the dunings be up here i mean the thing was massive so what was that yeah what was that trip like being up here in silver lake and then running into me with the little tiny uh 68 chevy and i remember just i remember being up there and you guys were the, the truck being broke and you were kind of you know down you were waiting to get parts and fix it right so then so, i remember rolling up and being like yo let's go for a ride <laughs> yeah so the 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 funniest thing about um <laughs> like when we actually met I think that was like the morning after uh, me and Clayton had spent the night yep. in the truck. Yep. <laughs> so that was kind of like, yeah, it was just odd to wake up and, you know, it's like, oh, here's this guy in this, you know, 67 twin eye beam C30 <laughs> with an LS slot. I'm like, you know, because I, I like to see people do things. I like to see people's projects. Mm-hmm. And I like to see what people have like worked on and brought to life themselves. And that just like, I like older stuff generally. So that just kind of appealed to me. And I like, I saw it and I was like, I got to go talk to this guy. Like this looks like a yeah. super cool build. And then, yeah, it wound up yeah being a super cool build, you know? Yeah. I remember out of the group of you guys up there. Yeah. It was, there was a few, you know, different guys that you were with coming over. But, yeah, I remember particularly you're the one that stood out of, yeah, you were asking me the most questions about it. You were checking it out. I don't remember if I asked you to go for a ride or you asked or whatever, but it was like, yeah, you want to go in this thing? Let's go for a lap and ripping around the dunes. And uh, I got, I know I have uh, one video that I really like is there's a video of me jumping next to Monster Max. So there's Monster Track and the Monster Max is in the video. And then my mm-hmm. truck's coming up the next, and I was jumping up there. Pretty cool video that I have I like. Yeah. But uh, what was then, uh, so get back to, I guess, yeah, your first time up here in the dunes. What was kind of some of the experiences like coming up, doing filming for that? You know, eventually you guys did get the thing, parts back in it, and we're running it again. So what was it like? Because you guys were here in the middle of the week when it was dead. 
Mm-hmm. And that's obviously when the truck was broken. A lot of people know that. And it sat around. So you guys didn't really get to experience what I would say would be like dunes probably by yourself. Where then the, I remember Saturday, I think you guys were out here. Yeah, and I remember was, seeing you and there was like a hundred cars behind you everywhere you guys went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like that definitely like people don't. That's one thing about like being on the production side of YouTube like videos. People don't understand that you're there for work. Yeah. And you're not necessarily there just to have fun. And so, like, people just don't, like, the concept, I guess, is so foreign to somebody, yeah. too. It's not like, a nine-to-five job. It's not a typical nine-to-five job. So even, like, for me, um, it was a challenge sometimes to recognize that, hey, like, I'm at work. And so, like, I need to be paying attention to what's going on yep. and not just, like, getting caught up in the having fun aspect of it. And like, I think for, for some people that's, you know, that's kind of a, a problem. I can only really imagine overcome. at Silver Lake cause you got, yeah, everyone that's there at Silver mm-hmm. Lake to come see you guys, they are then on the opposite. They're either on vacation, right. they're so like, on their, yeah, they're having fun and yeah, they're, they don't understand. Well, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? You got to go over here and you can't come do this. Like. Right, and they expect you to be available to talk to them, and like yeah. you can't always. And then if you don't, then you're rude. And yeah, it's just it's something that like it's more people are starting to to have YouTube channels. Yeah, it's getting a little more common. I think it's going to become more prevalent, and there's probably going to there'll be some like social etiquette, hopefully, that arises out of that. <laughs> yeah, but, a little bit. But yeah, like some people just you know they don't understand some of the the background dynamic of it. You know, yeah. that it is a job and like you are trying to shoot sometimes on a limited budget and a limited schedule. And so let's, uh, let's go even way further back. And I'm, I'm a little more curious. We got, you were saying you were from, uh, Northern Indiana, like Southern Michigan border area into farming. So what is kind of, uh, the transition then that leads you into getting involved into YouTube? You know, like you said, that route of, you know, from what I know of, this is going to be me stereotyping, but it's like you go into what probably like trail, uh, camper fabric, camper work down there, or like semi driving or farm work. Yeah, pretty. That's like that's the big things much, of the yeah, Indiana or construction. Is, yeah, or construction. So, what? Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I remember when uh, I first started noticing you and Cody, and like that was always the thing that I noticed was like, oh, you guys aren't that far away from me. Mm-hmm. And then kind of was like, man, how do these guys like pop up out of a hayfield? You know, I'm like, yeah. that's kind of how I, that's my, at least my, uh, introduction to you kind of was, it was like, how are these guys getting this big out of a flat cornfield, Indiana? Like, so how do, yeah, you get your background of high school and all that kind of into the world of YouTube and going, yeah, this is what I'm going to do for a little while for work. And well, so I grew up on a farm and I was like, I grew up working a lot of hours. Like I was like 500 acres, me and my dad dairy farm, you know, like stereotypical, like, so not normal. I was just, there's work to be done. And right. There's work to be done. You're like, you get after it and you do it. And so like, that's kind of like, I was raised with a pretty solid work ethic. And like, I come from a family that like, my dad is like super, like not into cars whatsoever. Like he's a diehard, like boomer farmer basically. So, um, like there's nobody in my family that was really into cars and, I like grew up and I kind of like, I've always liked going fast and, you know, high horsepower, like crazy shit, you know, like one of my 
one of my earliest like memories um was me trying to convince my uncle to build me a go-kart <laughs> yeah <laughs> that didn't that clearly didn't work so i uh i pretty much just figured out that i was if i wanted something i was going to have to build it myself and so when i was like when i was 12 i started getting into cars and i started just like trying to you know grow my knowledge you know until i could afford to get something and so i started um yeah like reading up i started originally reading about small block chevys a lot and i bought my square body the 81 when i was 18 and originally that's I was the gonna, same truck you still have now yeah okay. i was gonna do a 383 um stroker small block chevy turbo kind of deal and shoot for like 650 wheel and I wound up kind of transitioning from that into LS engines when I figured I got like past the whole being scared of wiring thing. Yup. And yeah, you're diving down the world of information and reading and yeah, Oh, this guy on some forum said that it sucks. So I'm not going to do it. I mean, yeah, I remember those early days. You're like easily influenced one way or the other kind of back and forth. So like one of the, probably the biggest, um, influence that I had to go LS was, um, Sloppy Mechanics on YouTube. Okay. Yep. So, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, I f- on there. I forget. Um, I should know his name, but um, all I can think of is Bob Ross because he always references like the Bob, Ro- Bob Ross like paintings in his videos. Um, I'll, re- I'll remember it. You remember? You're not talking about uh, Matt, the guy. Yeah, yeah, Matt Happel. Oh, Matt yeah, Happel. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah the guy yeah. that started it. Yeah. So like a lot of his stuff is kind of what influenced me to go LS because I, I think started influence. Like he, there, he has to every, influence. He's everybody. like the godfather <laughs> of LS engines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you, if you're a guy that's put an LS in your garage, I would have to say that you have he's probably had, read his information, right. whether it was through a secondhand source or through him. Right. And I mean, like, so that's kind of what influenced me to go LS and it's like, you know, Junkyard Turbo LS. I mean, it seems like it works. For Seem, and a lot of it says it's affordable. You're going, mm-hmm. okay, it's, this is affordable. Yeah. I can I can achieve this. Right, right. And so that's kind of what started me down that path. And then, I mean, the, the truck was like, it was my first build, so I had no idea what I was doing. Wound up, like, really building it two or three times, you know, and I'm still like, I'm on like whatever the third or fourth iteration of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's had, I think the fourth motors in it now, like fourth or fifth trans, you know, like it's just the rear ends held together remarkably well. Somehow I built it when I was like 19 in my shop and never touched a rear end before in my life. And And somehow just, yeah, just like got it right. On the first try, like well, hey, that's how when you're in your garage and you're doing it, it's generally yeah, it's you do it enough times until you don't have to do it again, and then you go, oh man, you learned how to do this. Like, well, I mean, that's how yeah, Yeah, building my truck was the same thing. Some a couple things you had to try them a couple times, and all of a sudden, like, you just works one of the times, and you're like, oh sweet, I don't have to tear that apart anymore and fix it because it now it works. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of trial and error, and it was it was a lot of both, a lot of error and a lot of trial, (laughs) but eventually, kind of you know, hammer some things through your thick skull. But so that's kind of, I'd been working on that for like two or three years and I'd finally 
No, I'd been working on it for like five years, I guess. And I'd finally got it to where it was together and running. And around that same time, I kind of had run into Cody. And I was working um, at an RV factory, making great money, just hating life. And I just offered to help. And it's that's how it started out. You know, I was helping nights and weekends and, you know, driving an hour one way just to to go help make YouTube videos. And, yeah, I wound up uh, about six months later, I wound up quitting and working for him full time. Okay. And then shattered my femur right after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what was – would you say it was uh, probably – what was what made you kind of – jump when you were still working your job you're making money you're kind of doing your own hobby thing was it the lack or was it the fact that you're yeah it's not like uh you know i'm from a similar background i don't have a lot of family that's into what i do like mm-hmm. i'm my i'm the only person in my family that does what i do so it's not like yeah i can call up my dad or my buddies or my uncle or my cousin like yo let's all come to together and work on this thing i do mm-hmm. my own stuff so like um in that instance were you reaching out more like oh here's a a kid my age that's doing similar things to me. It's not just farming. It's not just RV stuff every day. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's, I, yeah. I'm going to come help because this gets it me was, around trucks and cars. Right. More. It was kind of like, I, I knew I wanted to have some kind of a career, like not in factory work. Basically. Yeah. You had done it long enough. And, you're like, I got to do something else. Right. I got to figure I, something out. I was out. like, you know, I really enjoy working on things. I enjoy like, the challenge of it probably more than anything else, you know, like figuring stuff out and, you know, like how, how am I going to make this work? And so that's kind of where I kind of wanted to focus my passion, I guess. And so, yeah, I just, you know, he was local and looked like he kind of needed some help. So, you know, like, not like he wasn't able to do it, but you know, if, was it something, I guess you just were, the chances of you guys were just local to each other. He wasn't far from you, or was well, it? You I mean, he was an out? he was an hour away, so like I kind of oh, like okay. sought him out a little bit. Okay, so but, you you reached out to him and said, "Hey, yeah, I can come around, start helping out, mm-hmm. kind of thing." And I just wanted to yeah, be the experience of it, right? Yeah, and I mean that's kind of how it started, and yeah, it just wound up turning into one thing into another. Yeah, so that. Uh, so that got you down, yeah, jump started into YouTube and uh seeing the Well, so I had actually like prior to actually meeting him by about 6 months, I had started trying to develop my whole Instagram following because I I'd been watching, I'd actually been watching a ton of Gary V. Okay. Um and he was saying, you know, like Maybe you're not going to make a million dollars doing what you love, but if you can make like 40,000 a year doing what you love, then like that's, you should consider that a win. And like, that's enough that you don't have, like, you don't have to go work at a job you hate. Right. Yep. So I was kind of thinking along those lines and I started, you know, seeing the, uh, the potential of YouTube and Instagram. And so that's kind of what I had started getting into. And I actually started my channel. Um, probably about a month or two before I ever got hired. Met um, with them for yeah. Okay. Was it kind of the you're sitting at the RV factory all day doing the same thing, just thinking of like, man, I should really. You I know, every day you're going in, you're yeah. like, I should really do this. I should really start doing mm-hmm. something. And yeah, and it was you know like it kind of also 
gave me like a, a plan or a goal to work towards, I guess. Cause I like before that I was kind of, I'd worked there for like three years, but I was kind of like, like a little like aimless. And I was kind of like, you know, like I don't want to do this forever. Yeah. So it's just kind of, yeah, I was just like, this is pointless. Like, why am I here? Yeah. Kinda just all day long. Like, the yeah. gears are turning. Of yeah. Trying to make so, something work. Like once I kind of started working towards that, I just, you know, started pursuing it. Yeah. And every, yeah. in every aspect mm-hmm. of the way. So yeah, you're started your own channel. You started the Instagram thing and, uh, yeah, sought out Cody getting involved in everything he's doing. Cause I mean, yes, yeah, that's where I say coming out of Northern Indiana. Yeah. I mean, what other kind of opportunities were you looking at? Yeah. I mean, at? there, there really weren't any, you know, it was like, and I mean, I, so before, so I had talked to Cody twice and talked about helping him or whatever, but he hadn't really gotten back to me for a while. And so, you know, I just, I thought, well, that's probably a dead end, you know, like, yeah, I'm just keep, I, I had already thing. like moved on in some aspects before he wound up offering me the job. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, the store looks like it's opening. So I'm going to go ahead and hop through it real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the big thing of, I, I think a lot of people nowadays, um, it seems, at least in my personal life, people that I know, my age, my friends and stuff like that, it's, I tend to look at that of like, uh, I feel like I often get looked at in my personal life. You're like, ah, you're a little crazy. You know, you you just up and go to like Oklahoma for this, or you just up and go to the here and there. And it's like, well, there's doors that open and you can either walk through them or you can't and figure out what's on the other side of them. Or you sit at home and you just think about what's on the other side of them. I'm one of those people where it's like, yeah, good or bad. I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out and I'm going to put myself out there and go through that door. Exactly. Cause it's like, yeah, you were sitting in this thing. It's like, well, what else you got to lose? You can go keep going to the RV factory every day. Right. And so like the one thing too, that I'd kind of gotten stuck in, um, like, like I said, I mean, I was making great money, like almost six figures. So yeah, just going, yeah, just yeah, going, just into going to work, your job, punching the clock and that like that ease of money, like it's kind of, I think it's kind of a negative thing because it gets you comfortable. Yeah, I would agree. And then you're just like stuck in this thing. You don't want to leave because you're making like you're making too good of money to go quit. Yeah. But like you're really to the choir, man. You're speaking to me. You're you're not making (laughs) enough money, you know, to really like make it worth the. You're trying to compare to what you have. So yeah, you're going. Oh well, I quit this. Yeah, every two weeks or whatever, whenever the paycheck hits, I know what mm-hmm. I'm getting or pretty close to where exactly once you, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm very similar in the same boat of stepping out on my own this year and doing this. I would say I've, I worked, uh, full time in a nine to five job for the last 10 years as a machinist. And that's, I would say I would just back up what you just said for years. I've thought about doing my own thing and, it really was the battle of the comfortability of my own self of exactly. It was like, wow, I know I can show up here and do my job and I can get my paycheck. But at the same time, every Friday when I was punching out, I was like, man, I do not want to show back up to this place on Monday. Right. To where, so then you battle, exactly. You're going, okay, well, how much work do you want to put in on your own thing? Do you, is it okay just to stay here? And it's not that bad. You know, I ran that roller coaster for years and, you know, now being, you know, I had people tell me this when I, when I, before I would do it. Hey, you know, you just got to do it. If you really are 100% and mean it, 
you know, the, the only thing you're ever going to tell yourself is, I wish I started sooner. You're never going to mm-hmm. tell yourself, oh, I wish I would have waited longer. Right. That's, yeah. and I would say that seems to be the true thing for myself. Ever since I stepped on my own, it's same. There's been opportunities that have opened up and different doors to where if I didn't step out on my own, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I'm already at where, and I could say that it's like, yeah, I guess I could have started sooner, but that's just where I ended up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is like, if you're available and you have the time, like opportunities will present themselves like a hundred percent. Yep. So, I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, getting the, the balls to put yourself out there and put yeah. yourself take in a little risk. Where, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, it's, you're not going to get to your dream or where, you know, if whatever you think is the grass is greener and where you're trying to get, if you're not willing to put, you know, yourself out on the line or take a gamble here and there, if you don't have, I mean, unless you got the money, unless you got money, you're probably not someone I know and you're just out there doing it, but it, it's going to take, yeah, it takes effort for anything. So, right. and, and then it takes, you know, it takes the effort of exactly doing it. I mean, yeah, you can either wait around forever or you take some opportunities and some risks. And so where you're kind of at of, uh, you're say a couple months into this, you're doing the YouTube thing, you're doing more truck stuff. Uh, what is the world like of going and working and doing that versus showing up to the factory today? Was it something that you were regretting right off the bat? Or no, so like, like, this is awesome? right off the bat. Um, well, I, Shattered my femur, so that kind of wow, put a, okay. scre- took, brought everything to a screeching halt real quick. But um, no, I mean, it, it was something that I definitely enjoyed a lot more because I, I would say most of the reason I enjoyed the job wasn't because of all the crazy stuff that was going on. It was more because I didn't know what each day was going to be like. So there's like, you're never bored. Yeah. And I think I'm a little ADHD because like I have to have like four or five projects going on at the same time where I just get like bummed out and bored. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's. And that's the world you jumped into now. Yeah. So now you're, yeah, you're thriving a little bit more and things are going well. And, uh, you know, yeah, I would say now, how long was it before you started going? Because I would say before I met you, that's probably. You know, I started watching, yeah, you and Cody on the internet on YouTube before I ever met you. And that's about, I would have to guess and assume, about the era that I probably started watching you and seeing what you and Cody were doing as far as the videos coming out. You know, a lot of when you were still on the property in Indiana there. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was it like being in Indiana there and kind of, um, you know, I guess building up to that stage of Monster Max. I know, I know the Monster Max truck is out of, you know, Cody's thing and uh, the fans and the not fans that he has and it results in, you know, this him building this massive truck. What was it like kind of being on that ride, I guess, with knowing that truck was being built and then, yeah, bring us back up to the process of uh, coming to Silver Lake and seeing that creation come to fruition and, uh, be, you know, being a part and being a part of the people that documented that stuff kind of through that era. So, I mean, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was like, it was a little, it was very surreal, definitely, because I mean, it wasn't something that I had ever really thought of, you know, being a part of. Yeah. I guess. And it, so, like, I wasn't actually, I wasn't part of the building of the actual truck. So he had a, yeah. a shop do that. Um, I kind of, I worked on 
I worked on it, like just maintaining it. Yeah, I should just clarify. And yes, you were a filmer and helped a lot of the YouTube production. But yeah, the shop that he had built the truck was out of Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Which is Daddy. yeah, yeah. they're in that world of big trucks, huge trucks. That's not my world and forte mm-hmm. of all that stuff. But yeah, so it was definitely um, like working on it was was definitely something kind of foreign because I'd like I hadn't really even worked on diesels prior to that. Like I was. Like I'm an LS yeah, guy, you're a, so yeah, swapping mechanics, LS yep, swap. Yep, guy that's and, like that's my world. So it was it was definitely it was a little odd to be part of something like that and to be like there was def it stretched me and and grew me in a lot of ways. I I feel like yeah, because it was yeah, it just was something so different. And it was like way to. out of my comfort zone kind of yeah. deal. You know, like I I'm not by nature a very confident person, and I used to like be super self-conscious and like didn't want to be like in pictures or any, like I was one of those people that like, Oh, I don't, I don't need to document this. I live in the moment kind of deal. Yeah, and so yeah, it was yeah. like, it was complete 180 from what I'd been used to. So it was, it was definitely like really new and odd and yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you kind of just, if you put yourself out there, you you tend to, to grow you know if you step outside of your comfort zone you tend to rise to the occasion i think more than more than not yeah definitely yeah it does make sense for the aspect of kind of what we were talking before of the yeah you know you're going to get opportunities and uh you know and that's relationships with people or opportunities whatever and yeah some are going to be good some are going to be bad but at the end of the day it's it really it always comes down to your attitude and your Mm -hmm. perception of the thing so I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I would, it would seem highly unlikely, but you could have gotten in the opportunity and been like, you know what? The RV factory is better than this. I really don't like doing this, but at least you would have been back in the RV factory every day being like, well, I know what it's like being in, out on my own doing YouTube truck stuff. And I don't like that. I like sitting here every day at the RV factory. This is right. way more fun. Right. At so, least you gave you at least exactly. You put yourself out there. Yeah. And, you, you never know if you're like, if you don't give it a shot and, and try it, you know, try something new because at the end of the day, you know, like if you take a year or two or even, you know, I didn't go to college. So like, I feel like I'm ahead of the game right there. So, (laughs) you know, like if you, if you look at it that way, like you can afford to blow four or five years of your life chasing, you know, a pipe dream or going down a rabbit hole, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I if, mean you, you if you really want to compare to, it, yeah, you yeah. can spend fifty grand chasing pipe dreams for four years, but if you end up with four years with no debt and you still work a job, well, some people graduate college with fifty grand in debt, right, and still in the same boat. So exactly, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I was thinking, what was uh, what was it like then? Is you were saying it helped boost your confidence and stuff like that. So you were already doing your own YouTube stuff and your own channel stuff. Did it help give you then more confidence to start doing your own more of your own stuff and your own content and your own with your own vehicles? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's like you know, exercising anything like a muscle or you know, whatever, you're kind of like you're growing and you're you're building off of the people around you. Right, and your knowledge and yep. yeah, you're just expanding your horizons and you figure out how to do something like a little bit better, you know, this certain way and you just yeah i mean it, being around that definitely helped like just boost my confidence and 
being more comfortable on camera and figuring out like, okay, so like this is, I'm doing this and it's a crappy way of doing it. So I need to change. And, you know, like just with editing too, like I didn't, when I started doing YouTube, I had no idea. Like I tend to just jump into stuff and then just figure it out. Like that, that's just, that's my whole style. That's how I've done everything like forever. I just, you know, I have no idea how to do this, but we're just going to jump into it and figure it out. I would say so. I, I, I operate on the same systems of, yeah, it's just like, well, you're going to either get in there and you're going to get lucky and it's going to go well and you'll probably won't learn anything, but you'll get the job done. Or you're going to get in there and you're going to have to watch YouTube and get on Google and start taking pictures and asking, you know, yeah, you're, whatever way necessary. It, it's kind of like you jump into it knowing like whatever I run into, I know that I'm going to stick to it and see it through, mm-hmm. you know, at, at least that personality. I would say I have the same kind of personality. It's like, hey, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad, but I know I'm going to go into it in whatever way. I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to get my, I'm going to get this job done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was very much just like I, I just never, literally never knew what was coming down the pike the next day. So, I, I mean, I just... Yeah, I mean, if anybody out there, if you've watched over the years, the YouTube videos you guys uh, have out there, it's... Yeah, I would say the reason that he's he's obviously put a good formula together and people are very interested in what he's putting out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, every day. I I, I can only imagine uh, how many moments you've probably woken up from a sleep and looked at a phone and went, oh, no. Or, you know, like, what are we getting into today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, I've dreamt about, about work <laughs> and things going badly. Yeah, so, like, I think... You know, if you commit to doing something, you can probably be successful at it. I think that's kind of the main thing that I've learned is like, you don't, you don't have to be the best, you know, to be, to begin with, you just have to, you have to be more stubborn than like everybody else. And you just have to outwork it. Like everything I've ever done has just been like kind of forced forced into existence. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like there were so many times just building my truck where, you know, I just wanted to quit and just sell it and move on. And, you know, it just like that truck has kicked me in the teeth, you know, more yeah. times than I uh, can Yeah. Count. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride over it. At the end of the day, you've, you know, like right now you can look back at it now in the moment. It's hard to, especially in the early days, mm-hmm. but once you've ridden the roller coaster and you've gone on a few ups, a few downs, then you kind of, you know, okay, this is a part of it. I, mm-hmm. I can handle, I'm, I'm in the same boat of I can handle my emotions better when I blow a motor up. It's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. For, you know, first time when you, little things are going wrong, it's the end of the world. It's mm-hmm. go to the dunes and this one thing didn't work how I want it. Oh, now, yeah, I'm just like any day I pull it back to my driveway and put it in the garage, I'm like, huh, sweet. I don't, I don't got to work on it again. Awesome. This is awesome. Yep. I'm so yep. thankful. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just that I think success um, just comes from like that commitment and just not taking, just don't take no for an answer, you know, yeah, like stick with just it. keep showing up and eventually, you know, whatever you want, whether it's YouTube or whether you want to start your own business or, you know, just, I think in, there's quite a few aspects in which like, if you just have that determination and yeah. just refuse to take no for an answer, you're you're going to get somewhere. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. And that's where, well, actually I was going to transition into uh, your vehicle. So we've talked about it. So your truck mainly. What is the, uh, I know now that you uh, 
are doing the burnout stuff with it. Was that always the goal with that truck? Could be kind of like a burnout no, truck? No, so, or? like, the original goal, like, so I got to go throw it way back. Like, Okay, go through, go way back. Yeah, so, like, when I was, like, before I ever had a truck, I watched The Fast and the Furious. Like, the I think I started watching them right around the time um, that, like, Fast 4 had come out. Okay. And so I was like, you know, great. I can build a truck and go street race it. Like, yeah, you're I'm going like, to make, gonna, I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going racing. to Tokyo and I'm yeah. street <laughs> And I'm so great. like, it was just, it kind of just came out of that. Like <laughs> I kind of wanted a truck that I could street race. And Dude, I mean, what, what film franchise we're in that age group of, you know, I mean, that is our age group, right? We, yeah. We are now adults. It captured, oh, we were the kids when those movies came out. You it know, definitely, same thing. yeah, it captured the imagination, I guess, yeah. captured my imagination. And so I was like wanting to do the whole street racing thing. And I, you know, I'd watch 1320 video like way, way back. So like, I remember watching the 1320 Snapchat when Cletus was on it okay before he was like when he was like still part of 13 yeah so like that's way way back and so that's kind of what i had wanted to do was um street race and that was kind of the whole intent of building the truck and then i just kind of got into burnout competitions because like i don't know it just seemed like a it's like a side quest in a video game (laughs) like well it seems like it's something that out of nowhere well and i know like over in australia they're like insane mm-hmm. with them the burnout contests over there if you watch go on youtube and watch australian burnout contests they go nuts and then it seems like it started to become a bigger thing over in america in the last about two years it's right. like really yep. picked up yep so it was kind of like it i like i've seen the australian burnouts i always thought like a, you know it's super cool it's kind of where my whole like name tire fryer came from like i spell it with the australian spelling because they do the best burnouts like it's kind of it confuses people i kind of shot myself in the foot because like it just confuses people like people think my name's tyler you know because of the tire part of the fryer yeah because people (laughs) apparently can't read in america anymore i don't know what's up with that (laughs) but the whole burnout competition thing i mean that just kind of it's something that was there and I was like, okay, like this looks like it might be fun. And so kind of my goal now is to build something that I can drag race and do burnout comp kind of a dual purpose. Okay. Yeah. So then is it, uh, you have that truck then and like, uh, it's something because events are starting to do the burnout contest more. So you go into events where this stuff is going on. Yeah. Kind of trying to a little more, but it's been, you know, with moving, you know, a couple states away and middle know, of COVID was right. In the middle like of there. we had a whole year where motorsport stuff got pretty much got shut down. For right. And I, I didn't really, I didn't really have time to work on the truck for a while too. So it's just, I'm finally like getting it back up and running and trying to do some more content with it on my channel. And hopefully yep. I don't, I'm not sure there's a couple events I'd like to go to this year yet, but I'm not, you know, because of scheduling and yep you know, tight budget. Like, I'm not sure how that's all going to play out, but in next year, I'm definitely hope. like, I'd like to do drag week and Rocky mountain race week. And dude, we need to, I, I have not fun, ever but... announced this or, and I've never been, I've never been down to a strip or anything, but I really want to do drag week in my truck. 
That'd be sick, dude. I just I don't care what times it runs. I just want it's for the thing of I just want to show up. I want to run it down five drag strips and I want to drive it to all five of them. Just for the hell of it. So that, we should totally uh twenty twenty two. Let's make it happen. We can make something happen. Uh, we got less powered, so we got it. Yeah, we got a, a year to make it happen. But that has been something that uh, I've really wanted to do the drag week thing. I think, like I said, I don't even know what my truck would run. I don't even care. It's mm-hmm. like I said, it's for the aspect of like I just think it would be an awesome road trip to go right. rip around in and the truck. I mean, that's kind of what I want to do too. Like I don't, I don't really care to like win. I mean, I the compet. I mean, sure, like it'd be nice to win, but I don't. I kind of have moved past the whole like street racing or burnout competitions for money because yeah. like you're just it's more of a you're just it's part of the uh culture you, you're looking to be a part of the culture of right it. yeah it's more i guess one of the reasons that i started my youtube channel and one of my main goals is just to get more people into like doing this sort of stuff yeah because i feel like working on cars is like a it's a skill that is kind of slowly dying. Like people don't know how to do their own work anymore. And I don't, I don't view that as a good thing. I think that's, yeah, that's not a positive. Um, I, I don't know. I think people, if you know how to like work on your own stuff, you, you tend to look at life differently. I think like people that I could agree with that people that like, work on cars or, you know, they understand failure and, Mm -hmm. you know, like just showing back up, even when like you spent, you know, the last 36 hours straight working on something and you still can't make it to the event, you know, like just showing back up in the face of that and not giving up. I, I think that that's a very like positive aspect that you don't get from some other, like, you're not going to get that from golf. Yeah. You know, so I would say, yeah, I would definitely agree with the aspect of, you know, yeah, the same. I've been on that same roller coaster with me yeah, building the truck that I have of. Yeah, you're just one day you're you just regretting every decision you have, you know, like mm-hmm. how much money have I spent on this? It's never going to be done. This thing sucks. I, if I sell it now, I'm only going to make a quarter of my money back. Right. And, yep. And then the next day, then I get something done, and I'm like, this thing's going to be so awesome. And I'm sitting in it making engine noises, and you ride that roller coaster. And uh, I would say it's very much I, – I, um, you know, I built that truck six years ago now. Mm-hmm. And for the last six years of my life, I've, I would say building that truck did change my who I am, and it gave me life le- a lot of life lessons that I still use today of, of kind of that, the not giving up. Um, you know, it's, I reflect on it a lot because there's, you know, things that only I know and only, and maybe my wife knows on that truck, you know, and the lowest lows I was at when I was legitimately really almost going to sell it cause I needed the money. And, you know, when you're really at those moments to where now all of a sudden it's been six years and I've, I've done all these things with it and it's amazing. And I now can reflect that to my own, you know, other moments in my life when there's those, ah, this car is breaking down and I can't can't get to work in this thing because it's a pile of crap and I fix it and it breaks down again, whatever it is, in those moments, it's like, whatever, I got to just keep showing up, keep fixing it. You just, you'll get through it next week. You'll be complaining about something else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, I would say I learned, that was a thing that I learned through building a truck, mm-hmm. forcing myself to go in my garage every day, even on most days, 
you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing for me of like that truck. I actually, I would say 90% of the time I built that truck, I was like pissed off and mad. Mm-hmm. I was not like fun. Right. Yeah. It didn't get fun until I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I would agree. Like there's definitely like even just recently. So, um, I was going to try to make LS fest and I was trying to put a new combination together. And I, I was having this flex plate to starter clearance issue for like no apparent reason. I could not figure this thing out. And I still like, I still don't know why I was having issues. Yeah. So you're still like, I still have no idea to figure it out. Yeah. It's still not totally (laughs) resolved, but, um, yeah, like there is definitely like those times where you're like, why am I doing this? You know, like Mm -hmm. I should be putting this money, I should be investing this money. Like I shouldn't be like, this is, yeah, goes completely against all conventional wisdom, right? Like don't, don't spend your money on race cars, you know, but it's, I don't know. It's like when, if you can move past that and yeah, like once you have, once I have a project running and, you know, can go drive it around and do burnouts and it's all worth it, you know, like all yep. the, the, you know, pain and having a starter drop on your face. Yep, <laughs> Literally yep. true story just happened. <laughs> yeah, unbolted it and slipped through the Yeah, hands. like right right before I uh I was headed up here, I was actually working on the truck. It was like one in the morning and I was like trying to I think I was torquing down a flex plate bolt or something and the starter literally like came down, smashed, smashed me in the face. See, and like and that's the thing though, like when you're doing it the first time and that happened, you've never driven the truck, you've got mm-hmm. all your money invested into it, you don't even know if it's gonna work, and then the starter hits you in the face. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I know for me it was. Yeah, I threw a couple of wrenches at mm-hmm. walls and oh, yeah. stuff back in the day. Where where nowadays when that stuff happens, yeah, like I'm able to let it go. Be like, mm-hmm. ah, you idiot! You should have zip tied that starter out of right, the way. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, now it's I'm able to look at the situation. And go, oh, yep, do this now next time, so that doesn't happen again. It doesn't wreck my world because now, you know, it's it is very. Uh, it's just hard to uh, get that across to people and. You know, that's one of the things with here in Michigan. I know the dune scene, there's tons of people that have uh, projects and like trucks. And I see them out there. People hit me up about projects. And it's some of, uh, with the pre-runner things, it's some of the hardest things to try to like talk with people about, I think, for, you know, and there's a I drag art, any project where you're going to put a significant amount of time and money into it, mm-hmm. where if you're not loaded and you're not, if you don't have tons of money to put up and do it up front, you're you're it's there's no like sugarcoating it. It's an uphill battle, and it's right. gonna be an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to like sign up for that, I will generally like I've talked people out of building trucks for mm-hmm. the aspect of like it only and it's just questioning like, hey, so what's your plan like when you get to here? Do you mm-hmm. have this stuff saved yet? You know this or that, and you know I get more times than not, you know. A young kid, I I get it. Like I got into this when I was young. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Me and too. it gets yeah. to the point where you're like, all right, sit. You see something, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, that's sick. I want that. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out how much that costs and what do I got to do. I get those guys kind of hitting me up, and it's like, I don't want to be a dream crusher, but you just sent me a picture of like a thirty five, you know, three hundred fifty thousand dollar TT. Um, yeah, that's uh quite the goal there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's. You know, some of that I think is just coming with the sport itself. You know, it does seem like um, 
you were saying earlier with like motorsports and like kind of doing it, the younger generation, it seems like, I don't know, I have a hard time gauging it because sometimes it seems like it's growing and like it's getting bigger than ever. And other times I feel the same where it's like, man, there's like not that many people it seems getting into this. So, so I do think it's growing, but I think it's grow Like if you look back at, you know, like the seventies and the eighties, okay. like stuff, just like what hot rodding was just like, there was just a heyday of hot, like everybody just yeah had something and was working on it or it seems that way. Yup. And I don't know. I think, I feel like there's a lot of people now that have like, especially kids that grow up in like an urban setting, you know, they there's, don't really we live in a culture where it's a little bit more on demand. Right. So you're yeah, able yeah. to get, so I would like, say now, why you're do I to... want a car when I can go Uber somewhere? Yes, exactly. And for me, like a car has always <laughs> been like, the whole like you know symbol of freedom kind of deal yeah experience can, yeah i would i guess yeah i have a i never really thought i'd be that you know i guess anyone young as you're getting older you don't think you're going to be that way but i would definitely say that at 30 years old well 31 now that even myself i look at myself like wow i feel like already at 31 i'm becoming a little bit of a dinosaur for the fact of like i've had conversations with 14 and 15 year old kids who like have no interest in driving a car, getting their license. Yeah. They're like, oh, I could care less. Yeah. They're like, I'll, I'll get it whenever I get. And then like to me, like when I was like 14, that's all I was like, how many more months before I can start driver training? Mm-hmm. It's what 14 and eight months, 14 and nine months. How much? When can I sign? I mean, every thing with driving was, I, that was like, I don't know, for two years of my life, 14 to 16, that's like what I was obsessed with was right. getting my license. Right. So I can go, yeah, exactly. Get some freedom, take off and, yeah, I do. I would say it seems like, uh, yeah, you don't see that as much. It seems anymore. And the other thing too, with like, with growing up on a farm, I had like a little more space to actually work on something, and I'd kind of had a background like working on wrenching on tractors. And a little farm bit equipment. more freedom of uh, you got a little bit more freedom at a younger age to kind of yeah, do like things. I kind of like had started so. Like when I was like 14 or 15, I like did I tried to build like a, a chopper style bike. Okay. Like a pedal bike. Yeah. With yeah. Like throwing and, engine and on like it, kind it, of thing. it wound up just going horribly wrong and like didn't look like a chopper whatsoever, but it just kind of like I kind of was getting my feet wet. Like, yeah. Trying to like figure you had out an how idea to and, and you acted on it. Yeah. At a young age. And, and so like that probably definitely helped. Um, cause I know that like, there's a lot of kids that don't have the, they don't have shop space. Yeah. You know, they've got like a tiny little parking spot where they can wrench on stuff. And that, I mean, that definitely makes it a lot harder yep. to get into it. Um, and I would say like leaning back to that's where I think like when I get messages from uh younger kids or even older adults of, you know, yeah, I want to build a truck. This is what I'm looking at. I want to do a cage and beams and links and this and that. I want to do all this stuff that you've got. You know, that's generally the, the areas I go to. Do you have a space that this thing's going to be able to sit for a year to two years while you're building it? Do you have the tools to even build it? You know, do you have a welder? Do you know how to weld? Do you know how to cut and notch tube? Like, that's where I tend to like a lot of these conversations go where I'm like, you should be like, if, Okay, you know, where a lot of times I may end it then, they're like, wow, I didn't really think about all those extra things that I got to learn. You know, like, what kind of motor are you going to want to put in there? How are you mm-hmm. going to, yeah, the ECU management, how are you going to run it? 
How, who's going to wire the whole thing? These are all things that you've got to learn or be okay with paying somebody. Right. But it's like, you got to think about it. You can't just, it seems like a lot of these, like just people come to me with like no plan. And I'm like, how did you get this far in your idea with no plan? Mm-hmm. I, my whole thing is like, I spent three, four years before I had any money to buy any part. That's all I did was plan because I had no money. Mm-hmm. It was just obsessing about a truck and, Man, someday when I can afford, I know I'm buying this, I'm going to buy this, and this is how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but when I get there, I'll figure it out. And it seems like uh, that's where I tend to tell a lot of people and direct my time of like, hey, like here's some good literature to be reading. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I would start looking at a tube notcher and a bender and get a welder and just start buying scrap metal right now and welding it together and teach Get to a point where you can do good welds before you can buy all the stuff. You know, I did the route of bought all the tube, bought all the stuff, and then I went, all right, let's build a cage. And it was like, oh, well, how do you build a cage? You know, and I did it that route, Mm -hmm. which is a long, slow process because then I went through the route of, all right, I got to bend tube. Okay, let's watch a YouTube video on this tube bender and figure out how to do measurements. And, you know, that took a while to where then I perfected it, where it's like looking back on it, I could have gotten that tube bender way before and just been practicing bending mm-hmm. tubes and making other little stuff, little bumper projects. Yeah, you don't start. I, I think that's probably one of the things that stalls builds is that people, like, they're too op. I was definitely like this. I was way too optimistic yeah, you- on, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this isn't going to take long at all. <laughs> no. And then it winds up taking, like, seven months. I would love like, to meet the person crap. that can just, like, hit the nail on the head on their t- own timeline. Yeah. I'd love to meet that person. You, you just, that could be like, this will take me four weeks and this much time, blah, 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 and it will be done. So I would love to see it. <laughs> the story on, on my truck uh, pertaining to that, I got it when I was 18, like in the spring. So it would have been like March, I think, when I got it. And I didn't start actually tearing into it until November. And my goal was to have it running by like May. Well, May came around and I didn't even have a motor. I don't don't even think I had a motor for it. I still hadn't pulled the motor on the <laughs> yes. truck. And it was like it was like a cab and the motor and the ch- like the chassis, and that was all it was. Like everything else. It's amazing was how it. quick winter goes when it's cold days like that. Yeah, and then like, you know, I'm working in an, a non insulated shop with like three sixty watt bulbs. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, lighting's horrible. Right. So, like, the motivation to go probably out there in a and work massive, on like, Carhartt, so you can't move right, when you are working yep. on it. Like, I had a stove, but it's, like, so <laughs> it's just to make your hands not frozen. Right. You're right. <laughs> like, so, you, like, you go work on it, you're cold, and then you go over to the stove and warm up, and then you go back to work. Like, yeah, it's there's the most, a lot of being stuff. as improductive, like, as least productive as possible is pretty much right. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. And so, like, that's something where, like, as a beginner, you don't think about that sort of stuff. Like, you, yeah. think, you think of everything in, you know, like, the most perfect scenario. Yeah, exactly. You just you think, know. like, oh, well, yeah, if you have a garage space, you know, yeah, a lot of people don't even have garage space to go with. But mm-hmm. if you do have a garage space, it's let alone, like, you know, I mean, and that's kind of where exactly once you've done it, I am at a point where I can look at myself and be like, you know what, I'm, yeah, my shop isn't the nicest thing in the world. But heck, it's my shop, and mm-hmm. I I at least have lights in it, and I have a cement floor and roof over my head. Like I know dudes that have projects in lean tos, and you know it's 
raining and if it rains they got mud under their project now mm-hmm. and now they're laying on cardboard to not get wet and oh yeah like it can always be worse <laughs> yeah that's something that i've that i've seen you know there's it's amazing what some people can do in their driveway yep and you know but like if you have the drive and the and the desire to do i mean do it like yeah you know Go put up a tent when it's raining and go work on it, you know, nope. in the mud. Like, and that's the reality of it is, is that's what it's going to take. And yeah, and you'll appreciate the end result so yep. much better when you can look back on it and be like, yeah, like this thing kicked me in the teeth so many times and I had to work on it in less than stellar conditions. Yep. But I still, you know, at the end of the day, I got it done. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I didn't know we were going to get into truck building so much, but I mean, that's I just with the dune scene and yeah, you know, I guess, you know, thinking about my statement I said earlier, kind of of like, I don't know sometimes if it's growing or not growing. I would more, I think to say on that further, it's like, I feel like the, the kids that do hit me up that are into motorsports, they... I see my own optimism in them. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, I was just as optimistic as you were. The problem, I guess, where I say is then it's like I feel like even more than the the obstructions and the trials that I had, I then have conversations with these younger kids and like, hey, I think it was hard for me, but it's like in the world you live in, it's going to be even harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just in value, inflation alone, I mean, right? you want to buy an old pickup, well – I bought my pickup for way cheaper than what they are going for nowadays because the value on trucks is just skyrocketed to where now that's one of those things. I have a lot of people like, man, how did you buy a 67 or 68 pickup and start cutting the thing up? And it's like, well, because I didn't spend that much money on that truck when I bought it. Like nowadays, yeah, it was a perfect cab truck and I probably shouldn't have cut it up and I could have made a lot of money on that thing. But I did because it... It was just a different thing at the time. It was a cheap mm-hmm. truck. I bought it, and I was able to start doing it. So there's, like, those types of things where it's like, hey, that's – yeah, if you're, like, stuck on one specific car, well, then I don't – there's nothing you're going to do about it. The value of those cars is the value of those cars. But if you're a person that just goes, I just want to build something, I don't really care, you get on Marketplace, and you just start finding stuff that's not popular yet. Right. You can go, oh, no one's buying these things. These are super cheap. And then you can make it into something that is popular almost. Mm-hmm. That seems to be – I feel like that's what seems – that seems to be what drives the car. I feel like uh, – It drives the car market. Yeah, like yeah. social media nowadays mm-hmm. can drive the car market. Yeah, oh, I would, what I would gets agree popular, with that 100%. Because when I – so when I started – um or when I bought my truck, square bodies were kind of like, they were around and they were kind of like, they were old, but they weren't like really that cool yet. Like they were starting to be a little bit more. There was still a lot of them not junked kind of around, at least for up here in Michigan. I remember like, yeah, teenage years for me, like you would see them in people's yards still mm -hmm. where nowadays, like they're kind of gone. Yeah. So my original plan with the, uh, the truck was to just buy it and sell it and move on to something else. Um, or like build it and sell it. Um, but like you kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't really, I try not to get attached to stuff mm-hmm. and like it, like I try not to be sentimental with stuff, but I don't know. You kind of like stuff kind of grows on you and like, 
the other thing with like with trucks that you build yourself, you know where everything's at. Like yeah. with my truck, everything's set up the way it's set up for a specific reason. Like I know every nut and bolt on it. <laughs> like if I hear a noise, I like probably know where it's at. Yep. And I've had I've had some other vehicles that other people have built and it just did not work. I wound up selling them and did, like didn't want anything to do with them just simply because like when something went wrong, I had no idea where to start looking for it because yep. I didn't build the truck. So, I mean, that's something like I, I didn't used to understand the whole sentimental value thing. And I, now I kind of like, yep. I get it a little bit more because yeah, it's, it comes with, I think it's going to be hard for anyone at a young age. Cause yeah, I was the same at a young age. It was just like, ah, whatever. Yep. Next one. I don't care about anything where yeah, the, you get more years on you and experience and it's, you know, it's uh, it's memories, and yeah, I'm finding myself to be, uh, you know, getting more sentimental these days. Of that, you know, that is what I'm chasing. Is like, oh, I am chasing the the, the memory of that, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm at a point with exactly that truck where it's just like I have so many mem- so many memories that are with that truck in it, and amazing. It's just like, man, I yeah, I don't want to sell. Like in a way, selling that now, that's like part of it. It's just mm-hmm. like even with the thing blown up in the garage. I still like to come out and look in the, at it in the garage right. every once in a while. Yeah. And go, yeah, we've had some good runs. Right now, you're at a pretty low point, but mm. we've had some good. <laughs> we've been up on that roller coaster up there pretty high sometimes. Yeah, and I mean the other thing is like once you experience like how good something can be that you've built, you don't yeah. really want to just give up on it. Exactly. Or I mean that's been my experience. There's definitely stuff that I kind of buy knowing that I'm probably going to f- sell it. Yep. And uh, that's fine, you know, but like that truck is kind of like... That's the one that you think is going to stick around for a while? It'll probably stick around just simply because like it was a complete like, you know, totally bone stock truck when I got it. And it's, you know, yeah, it is what you it say, is like now. Yeah, fourth rendition now. Right. So like it's just more like why would I sell it if I can just keep, you keep know, changing, changing it? it. Exactly. Yeah, I just change it to suit whatever you know, I want to do with it. So with, uh, YouTube stuff and stuff like you're doing kind of now, that's kind of what you're doing now is just keeping the YouTube stuff kind of documenting what you're doing, you know, kind of, uh, what are some stuff that you're kind of, yeah, I guess doing vehicle wise, you're staying in that kind of lane, you know, what kind of, uh, what's, uh, yeah, the next year we already said we're drag week, 2022, better watch out. Tyler right. Fryer and Mr. Clean. We're dominating the heavy Sending steel it. series. Sending it. So, um, I kind of like I've wanted to do a lot more um, like just build stuff and I haven't really had the time to do that. So that's kind of what I'm going to be like focusing on probably a little bit more is just like documenting, you know, like okay. different build stuff. But I don't I also don't want to be like just a build channel. Yep. Right. Because I like I like to do some wild shit. You yeah. Know? And that's so, the thing. Building's half of them and then using them the other half. Right. So like, you know, I like to. I like to build stuff, but I also like to beat it like it owes me money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, they don't owe you money, but they definitely owe you thrills. That's why, yeah, I mean, that's why you put yeah. the money into them is so you like, better pay off in the I, end. I do not baby anything. I take it out and thrash the tar out of it, you know, Heck like yeah. run it at 110%. Yep. Because that, the other thing is that like, that's the only way it's fun for me. So like if I'm going to spend all the time in the garage working on stuff and building stuff, I got to be able to go out and just thrash it. 
yeah, do what you want to do. Right. With it. Not like, well, I gotta, I'm gonna be at sixty percent because yeah, because I like, I'm afraid of breaking it. You know, like yep. I'm like, if it breaks. I'm just going to have to fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to get sent as hard as it can. But Sick. as far as the, the projects uh, go, I've got an S10 that I'm doing a 5.3 swap on. Um, I'm getting ready. I was going to do twin turbos on the uh, the silver, the gray uh, C10. Okay. But I'm thinking of doing a quad turbo setup now because the twin turbos that I got are like, they're kind of small. So I'm like, why not (laughs) just get two two more? more Yeah. They're just eBay turbos. So like, they're like $136. So I'm like, why not just add two more and just run a quad turbo setup? And I I don't think it's going to take that much more work and it's going to flow, you know, like substantially better. And I think it's going to stress the turbos like less. So yeah, I'm, Probably going to try a, a quad turbo setup, but I want to get it like set up and running well on the single turbo that I've got on it now. The re- part of the reason that I want to switch to a twin or a quad turbo setup is that right now I've got a crossover pipe uh, that runs from the, the driver's side manifold to uh, the passenger side manifold. And it goes underneath the transmission. It's like a low spot. I've only got like three inches of ground clearance and it's just, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the neck. Like it, it hits stuff and it gets like super hot. It's what usually sets the truck on fire during a burnout competition. So I'm kind of like not flipped on that. So it's, yeah, getting it rerouted. It's start. Yeah. It's just, it's starting. It's at a power level and a use case, I guess that where it's starting to be a problem. Yep. So now it's yeah, come it's time to redesign it completely yep. and do it all over again. So and the the other issue that I've run into, so if you're if you're doing a burnout competition, you're running at like high RPM for a long period of time and you're usually retarding ignition. So your entire hot side like starts to glow red hot. And okay. I haven't run into an exhaust wrap that is capable of like handling like a glowing red hot st- yeah red hot stainless steel <laughs> header manifold like I'll t- my my manifolds will literally they're cast iron manifolds and they'll, and they'll turn glow. cherry red Jeez. so like I've got to do something else so I'm thinking I'm going to do an up and forward uh, turbo header setup and then just build heat shielding around it okay to keep like the underhood temps and and all that stuff. Because the other thing with a burnout truck is you, you also have stagnant air. You're just sitting there. Right. Yeah. You're not so getting any airflow. Right. So there's no airflow. And that's like, that's the other thing. I kind of like just jumped into this, not, you know, really expecting to build a burnout truck. And so, yeah, because I think at the end of the day, everyone's like, oh, burnout. You just go do a burnout. Yeah. Well, but you then really, you start doing it. And, right. And it, so the other thing is like a lot of burnout cars are NA. Okay. And that's, Generally, if you're going to build a reliable burnout car, you probably want to go like big cube, NA, methanol, you know, and just to keep them running cooler. Right. And so like I'm running forced induction, you know, like, I mean, a six liter is like bigger cube, but it's still not like a big cube, not not like a big big block block. torque monster. So, you know, trying to keep that cool is going to. Yeah, like right now I'm running an LS Swap uh, Summit Racing 600 horsepower 
radiator. And while I haven't hit over 600 horsepower yet, um, it's definitely not keeping up. Yeah, as far as <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> like, it's keeping up, you know, cruising, but it's not keeping up like when you're thrashing. getting on it for five minutes straight. Yes. you know. So I'm working on designing a cooling system that's going to be ample enough to. Basically, I'm I'm working on building a cooling system with enough capacity that I can run the engine flat out for like 15 minutes straight, and it is up to temp. And it can handle it. Yeah. So, so the burnout thing, and then that, so with your C10, you were saying you were looking to do the burnout thing, like the drag and thing, then, yep. being able to show up to like LS Fest, kind of mm-hmm. those types of events with that type of thing. And then the S10, um, originally it was going to be, it was originally going to be a drift truck, but just because of like the expense of converting it to a manual and like trying to set up a straight axle um, drift setup, I just kind of abandoned that idea and I'm just going to try to like build a little drag truck out of it. Yeah, so a little LS swapped S10. Yeah, a little flat top 5.3. I'll probably do the swap the single turbo setup from um, the C10 over okay. to that. And just shoot for like 550 wheel and something to take to the track. Yeah. And, and so it's down. just going to be like a simple, like low buck build. And my plan is to just document that, show everybody like, here's what you can do. And kind of start you to know, finish. In a garage, and, start yeah, to finish kind of deal. Yeah. It. And then um, probably just selling it or, you know, maybe keeping it around if it's like a big enough hit. But that's the the other thing with running a YouTube channel, you know, you gotta like if it if a vehicle isn't something people want to see, you gotta, you know, move yeah. it out. So Ixnay. Yeah, you could you know, at the end of the day if you're trying to yeah, you're looking at viewers and just because you have an idea and you think it might be awesome, you implement it. But yeah, people could not be on the same page and you know, that tends to you know, with like uh I feel like Anything I've put the most amount of effort into usually gets like the least response on like social media. Yeah, like, I've and then you that too. then you just get like a cell phone clip that's like a t- twelve second clip, and you just post it like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll post this today, and it just like gets the most traction ever. You're like, I literally made like a five minute edit last week that I spent the whole week on editing. I thought it was sick, and like two hundred people watched that. Mm-hmm. And this twelve second clip, yeah, got seen by thousands of people. Yeah, you just with the social media thing, you just never know like what's no. gonna take off and what's not. So that's where at the end of the day, that's where the reason I spend a whole week editing a five minute video is because well, I still think it's cool. So mm-hmm. two hundred other people watched it, and well, at least I still have it on my desktop. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, like I've I've definitely discovered that sometimes the stuff that you put the least amount of effort into gets the most yeah views. But I mean, the opposite can be true too. You know, I. Um, I did a technical video recently on my channel that I thought was maybe going to get like five or 6,000 views. And I got like 30,000 views in so like d- yeah, two weeks. Yeah, did the opposite. It did yeah. way better than you expected. So like I've often run into that too, where it's like, this isn't going to, this is going to be nothing. And it was you kind of still up. do it and yeah. you put the effort in and then mm-hmm. yeah, it turns so, out. So, I mean, I think with YouTube and social media, I think it's just like... At the end of the day, it's kind of like throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Like, you just never know. Like, you know, sometimes, yeah, people want to see whatever you're doing and it it might not. Yeah, you, you just never know. 
You never know mm-hmm. what's going to. And like the one thing I don't want to do either is I don't want to become a prisoner to my own success. Like I don't want to do something just because I know it's going to get yep. a ton of views. Like at the end of the day, I do YouTube for my enjoyment. Yep. Yeah. So if I'm not having fun. fun doing it, then exactly. I'm not going to do it. Exactly. So with all that, bringing it back to Silver Lake, when are you going to start building that Silver Lake toy? <laughs> <laughs> well, so right now I'm like kind of living in mountains. And so it's like kind of that. Yeah. Silver Lake toy like is probably not on your, it's kind uh, of like more, not on your repertoire. Yeah. It's going to be having more of come on up and visit me when my stuff's uh, not right. broke and we'll yeah. go out for another rip again. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, if I had, I grown up. Up here, I probably would have built yeah. a dune truck. It's just, you it's know, a, you, growing up around like, you know, flat farmland, it's like I just naturally gravitated towards drag yeah. racing and street trucks. So, that, yeah, kinda, I mean, it's kind of a, it's one of those things of, uh, I think for like, it's hard for like West Coast listeners. So I bring it up a lot. There's a lot of uh, West Coast <clears throat> listeners that listen to this show. Because the dunes are a lot bigger out there, and they have a lot more to offer. And I think it's hard for the people out there and some of the listeners that are <laughs> from this area to really realize the the landscape of this area. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like we really so like the fact that I was obsessed with like desert trucks. People in my personal life, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you right, gonna do with right. this thing? Yeah. And it was just every weekend I was working on it. Like, hey, come do th- we're doing this this weekend like no i gotta work on i have to have these link bars built by this weekend because monday i've gotta have you know i was that Mm -hmm. way for years where it was just like what are you doing and you know it's gotten me to the level where at point where i was like i moved to the only place in the state where i can use my truck to its full potential i moved next door to it if silver lake was not here i would not be doing this like flat out that's that i can easily say that so mm-hmm. If Silver Lake was not here, I would not be doing this. And that's where then I, I think all the time, I'm like, yeah, if it wasn't this, though, I would have been into a car, yeah, streetcar or a mud truck or something something else yeah. because that's what's around here. Yeah. You know, mainly probably would have been into mud trucks because that's kind of a big thing in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I I never really got into mud trucks because my thing is always, like, at the end of the day, I like to go fast. Yeah, and a mud truck is more and, of... It's I always, like, you know, I know I'm not knocking on mud trucks. They've definitely got like to a level nowadays that's like insane. The dude, mm-hmm. when you look at Michigan Mud Jam and all those guys right. that are on that level, when I lo- saw mud trucks back in like when I was like getting into motorsports, mud trucks to back in the day were like rusted out Chevys with like angle iron and like block lift kits mm-hmm. with just like the tractor tire, like right. lift the thing with as many blocks and metal that you can weld to it as possible. And as then, like, as possible, yeah, it was just slam like slam it into a mud hole. And then every truck, once they were covered in mud, they looked cool. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, well, now you can't see all the crappy sketch right. stuff, the chains that was holding stuff together, and like just the stuff that you would see on mud trucks back in the day." Where for me, that like at least, and it's I'm not speaking about all mud trucks. I'm speaking about the mud trucks I saw when I was a kid. They kind of steered me where I was like, "I don't want to build this stuff. This is like." But I kind of got it. It was like, yeah, you pieced it together and welded it together enough to, yeah, hit a hole and see what happens. And my whole thing was just like, nah, I want to build like exactly like cars and going fast was always a little bit more my thing. I was like, I want to 
I want to actually put time into engineering something that mm-hmm. like works really good. It's not just like super strong. You can hit stuff with it. Yeah. And that's where, you know, if it wasn't for the pre-runner things, I think, I think Silver Lake and the pre-runners have probably kept me out of a lot of trouble as far as like car stuff goes. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I purposely have never owned a crotch rocket in my life. I've rode bikes my whole life. I only motorcycles I've ever had is Harleys. And I say that because Harleys are slow. So that's why I had them. <laughs> like people get pissed about that, but it's true. A 600cc rocket, way too fast for me. Cause right. I'm the guy that's like, oh, what does it got? Fifth, sixth gear? What's the top of sixth gear feel right. like? I'm going to find out. Well, so that's why I've never <laughs> gotten into bikes because like yeah. I know how I drive exactly. a car and I know like I know like I've never I grew up on a farm but I grew up riding four-wheelers, not dirt bikes. And so like I'm 26, I've already got a rod in my leg. <laughs> exactly. Like so. I I like bikes, I think they're cool. I'd love to build a chopper or something sometime. But to actually like start like riding them at this point, probably not going to happen. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, it's just the, you know, like it's just not in the cards for me. I don't think it's self control. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I'm not knocking on bikes or people that ride bikes. All I'm saying is I don't have enough self control to not right. kill myself on right. a crotch rocket. Same. That's yeah. where I'm at. And it's, yeah. so then that's where I do say like I, the dunes and the trucks, like, uh, I kind of, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit kind of like an old granny driver when I'm on the road. I'm just driving my little Toyota Scion winter beater around. Like I just never have a need to like on the road anymore do that because it's like I'm able to go to this off-road park, thrash my truck, go the speeds I want to go, go through these things. Like I'm able to get it out of my system Mm -hmm. where sometimes I'm like, man, this seems illegal. I'm bummed for the car guys that you're, you have a car that can go over a hundred miles an hour, super smooth and fast. And if you do it, you're going to get in trouble. So like, yeah, that's definitely an aspect of it. You know, like there's, there's been some, okay. Like there's just some things that have happened recently that the statute of limitations are not, not up on. but we're going to have to do like, a if re- I'm cresting a, a hill at 145, like I'm probably like, you know, it takes a while to slow down from that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Do the physics. You can do right. the physics to, yeah. If a vehicle is moving at that rate, it's going to take a while to slow down. Right, right. So. That's funny. Yeah. No, I, I'm not opposed to uh, to sending it on the street, but. But that's Mexico, the thing of. In streets in Mexico. Yeah. Well, like, the thing about it is exactly, it's like, uh, but with the experience that you have, you know, uh, there's time, you know, there's, there's always a time for it and there's always a time not for right. it. Right. So like, I'm, I'm not really one to go out in traffic and just like, yeah, try to do 145, you know, but middle of the night, you know, yeah. on a Saturday night, there's not that many people out. Yeah. I'll, my whole thing is, uh, as long and like personally, my, uh, vendetta that I stick to is just, uh, who's at risk? If if right. I'm the only one that's at risk, yeah, game on. Right, like, exactly. That's yep. if as if somebody else is at risk, and then it's like, okay, well, then we're gonna keep it moderate and this and that. But yeah, when you get those moments, and I mean, anyone that's in motorsports, there you're doing it for the adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we do this stuff. Is exactly like you said, it's thrashing in the garage, going through all that crap to then exactly like you're not doing it to just go cruise to the 
drive-in movie theater with your pickup at the end of the day. You're right. going, it's, no, I want to drive this thing fast. I want to see what it does. Which, like, maybe it's just because of the age, but I've also, like, started enjoying the whole cruising aspect a little bit more. <laughs> like, I still like yeah. to thrash on stuff. And well, because cruising is, you get more miles of enjoyment out of it before right, you break you do, it. You do. <laughs> You're yeah. like, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah, and, it, like, so I've... Um, I have an S550 Mustang that I got recently. Oh, yeah. I, we haven't even brought that up. I did see you. I wanted to make sure we asked about this. So, like, that car, for me, you know, like, it's the... I've I've never really had a fast manual. Like, that's the first... Like, it's not it's not fa- that fast, but it's, like... It's, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not your quick average enough, daily driver. Yeah, it's quick enough that it can get ahead of you, basically. Yep. So... Like that car is like it's definitely fun to thrash on and and drive fast and I enjoy doing that. But I've also like kind of like just going out on a night drive and listening to music and just cruising. Like that's some of the most fun you can have, you know. Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like a car is an experience, mm-hmm. you know, and it's an extension of your personality. And so, like, yeah, like you should build it to. Match your match, yeah. yeah, whatever you want to do with it. You know, I I think it that's something I haven't really thought of a lot, but uh, with you saying that, I think it uh, it goes hand in hand. I think, yeah, I think my truck is a perfect representation of who I am. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a mess. It's really not finished, and it's just like yeah, when it's on, it's one hundred and ten percent. It's you know, I am a person that yeah, I'm kind of all or nothing. I don't really spend a lot of time in the gray area. You know, when it's kind of when you're making decisions about things, yeah, I don't take a lot of time in that kind of like, eh, I don't really know. It's either I'm either doing this or I'm not. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm picking it and, yep, I'm doing this now. And I kind of, that's what, by, you know, I get a lot of comments when I am in the dunes of like, hey, I saw you, you know, five, six times you were ripping around and then all of a sudden you disappeared and I never saw you the rest of the night. I was like, well, yeah, because the truck was running good and it never broke. Because that a good night for me is I go into the dunes, I rip five, six laps, and I head home. And then you're done. Yeah. And I'm done, and I'm back watching a movie and eating ice cream by like mm-hmm. nine. That's a good night for me. Mm-hmm. So then when people hit me up, they're like, dude, that thing was just wide open. And they're like, yeah, because I wanted some adrenaline, and that's what I was at the mm-hmm. dunes for was some adrenaline. I was throttle therapy. Yeah, you know? so like I'm kind of the same way. At the end of the day, for me, like I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. So, like, cars are kind of... If I wouldn't have gotten into cars, I probably would have gotten into planes or something. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Something fast. And that's what's, what is, uh, what I'm saying of as far as, like, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of weird to think of, uh, so many people get into hobbies and sports just logistically of where you live. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, uh, you know, even myself, it's like some people are you know, like, ah, you, yeah, you have like a desert truck in Michigan. Like, why? Well, then I can say, well, I live two miles from the dunes. It makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. That's where I say, though, you take the dunes away out of Michigan. And yeah, people are like, what are you doing? Why mm-hmm. are you spending all your time on this? <laughs> right. But exactly. It's like if the dunes weren't here. Yeah, I would, you know, I'm uh, growing. You know, I have a massive fa- uh, infatuation with drifting. Like mm-hmm. if I Same. had the money. I would be drifting right now. Yeah, I would have same, a drift car. It's the same. only reason I don't have one is because I just I don't have the money to do the pre-runner stuff and the drift car thing. Mm-hmm. But that's like one of those things that's like, man, hopefully someday like pre-runners isn't it for me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, and I think every adrenaline junkie out there, and even outside of cars, I do other things outside of cars. But it uh, it always does 
it seems to logistically, yeah, where you're at, there's all these opportunities for you. And, uh, that's where though, for where you're, you know, like I said, you're coming out of Northern Indiana. It is, uh, you're in a very unique uh, situation and kind of the life that you've led and the experiences and even the stuff you're continuing on doing now. It's very, uh, you know, I don't, how many more, uh, people, yeah, do you know a lot of, uh, where you kind of grew up that are doing similar things to what you're doing? I mean, like nobody really. Yeah, exactly. That's you what know. I mean. When you really are able to look at it now, I mean, you're always a little, uh, blinded in the moment, uh, of being able to like look at your own life and kind of where you're at. But looking back on it now, and like I said, re- re- bringing it all the way back to the RV factory, it's like, yeah, we're sitting here doing this podcast now and the experiences that you've had over the last several years doing the YouTube stuff and going through that door of going, all right, I'm done with the RV factory. Like I'm doing this. Or you could just still be, yeah, you know, a couple years into that RV factory and you could still be thinking all the exact same thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, so like the most important thing, I think if you want to, if you want to do something, you just have to ultimately take a chance and, just be willing to try it, you know, whether like, whether that's a new job or whether you're starting to build or, you know, whatever you want to do, you like, you're never going to get anywhere if you aren't willing to take risks basically. Yep. And maybe it's part of being an adrenaline junkie, but I'm also like kind of addicted to risk. Like it's like, show me the most highest risk yeah. thing ever. And I'm like, I'm down. Yeah. I could see that a little bit. I, uh, you know, I think it's uh the day and age we live in now, it seems like, you know, social media that there's good and there's bads, but one of the good things is I think people are uh becoming more and more aware that there are different types of people in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that are different than you and I and there's but there's also the fact that you can find people that are similar to you. That's the the power of social media I find. And you know, someone like yourself, uh I you know, the we've met up a couple times. And in those times, I feel it, you know, conversation between the two of us is very easy to do. We're talking about cars, you know, we operate on a wave where I go, ah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, tire fryer is a guy that he, I understand him. He understands me. We can communicate telepathically. Mm -hmm. There's other people where I can write it down on a napkin. I can give them a PowerPoint presentation and and it's not going to happen. They're just different. You know, they're in whatever they work different and, and that's fine. And that's what, uh, you know, doing this type of stuff is exactly doing. It's like you might have to expand beyond northern Indiana and branch out, or you might not. You might be able to do what you want to do, but just understand you might be the only one in your area doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Just stay your path and, yeah, make sure you're – what are you doing the things for? Why are you doing that project? Um, You know, if you're starting a project because your buddies are doing projects and then they all give up in two years – where are you going to be? Are you going to right. finish it or are you going to give it up because, well, I didn't really do this because I wanted to. I did it because my other buddies bought these too. Mm-hmm. You know, you all that type of stuff. So, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't start my truck because my friend, I mean, I kind of started my truck in reaction to like my friends all having diesel trucks and being like, these are fast. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to come, you know, whoop <laughs> up on you with my, yeah. With something that's actually fast. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, you don't know what fast is, bro. So, uh, man, I've been there. Not knocking on guys that love diesels because I love diesel trucks, but, man, I was that dude, yeah, with the uh, 
hey man, this thing's got a tune and this will blow your doors off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know. I'll, I'll put it on level five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not knocking diesel. Like I, a lot of my friends have diesel trucks, you know, and it, but like that was what kind of got me started. Um, if you have a doing it. crew cab long box six zero, uh, like myself, it's it does feel fast, but it's a crew cab long box, and it is not the fastest truck. Right, anymore. there's a lot of weight. Yeah, <laughs> there's a ton of weight there. So hey, when you're young and you don't, yeah, your experiences aren't fast. Yeah, I I had a a six zero that it was a built up six liter. I was on thirty eight. So yeah, this massive truck. It was fast for a truck. But exactly, it was not as fast as what I thought right. it was in my head. <laughs> and a lot of people, like, they don't, people don't know what fast feels like. Yeah. So, like, you throw people in a 12-second car, and they're going to be like, oh, that's fast, you know, because it feels yeah. fast. But if you throw somebody, like, take somebody out of the 12-second car and throw them into a 10-second car, an 8-second car, yes. then they're like, One second holy shit. Yeah, they have no clue. Yeah. Like, f- fast is so, like... It's relative to your experience, you know, yes. like what have you like driven before, you know, yep. what, what have you been in before? Right. That's like, uh, I had an experience this last weekend at Gingerman Raceway for Grid Life. I went to Grid Life and, uh, Matt Field was there with his, uh, Corvette and doing drifting and he needed some, uh, LS rocker pedestal stands. He mm-hmm. had snapped some, he had, they had a head problem and, uh, I ended up going down there, bringing some to him and, uh. He ended up, hey, sweet, we got the car fixed, and you want to go for a lap? I was like, sweet, I've never been in a drift car. I was right. like, so going from no drift car, anything, to now I'm in a pro formula drift driver, Matt Fields Corvette, and I'm on Gingerman Raceway. And it was one of those things where I soaked it up as much as I could. But just sitting in the seat and watching this guy manhandle his car and put it where he wanted, it was just like, I mean, I was just blown away. at Like, I've never felt... um tires like so you're drifting and your tires are spinning the whole time Mm -hmm. but like you're pulling g's forward right and like to feel and experience those things was so mind-blowing of like this is insane that this guy has control of this thing his arms and legs are going all over the place and we're just you know and we're in a lineup because they're doing grid life is a more performance thing not a uh like a points or a race thing. Right. So they have the whole team of Falcon cars and we're in this line of four cars carrying this drift. Every, you know, we're doing whatever we're doing, 70 plus mile an hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like the experience of it is before that. Now, unfortunately, my only drift experience I have to then this carry this forward, you know, like I said, I want to get into drifting. Well, the bummer is I now only know what it feels like to drift around Benjamin Wasteway with Matt Field, the pro driver. <laughs> right. So it's probably going to be a rough road for me when I start driving and go, man, this car is not doing all those things that I've right. felt before. Right. Why? What's going on? Right. So, like, that drifting is something with uh, – I live in the Nashville area now. And so, like, obviously there's more roads with curves, and so I'd, I'd like to get into drifting mm-hmm. um, a little more. And obviously, northern Indiana is super flat, straight roads. <laughs> yeah. like, you're not going to drift anywhere. Everything is, yeah, like a four-way intersection in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. So I originally kind of bought like the, the S550 with, with that in mind, but now I'm kind of having second thoughts about it because it's like it's kind of a big investment to <laughs> maybe pitch into a wall <laughs> yeah, at yeah. like you know, 70, 80 mile an hour. So I'm not sure... 
I'd like to buy like just a cheap drift car yeah. to kind of get my feet wet. But yeah, we're just gonna. Hey man, cheap drift season is upon us. Winter in Michigan, every becomes a drift car driver. You got a <laughs> right. knee break? It's practice up, baby. Every corner is ripping. I'll bring my S five fifty up here when you get some fresh powder. <laughs> oh, that's what. That's the type of thing, though. Of like, it's kind of funny I say that, but that was the reality of. I was thinking about that when I was in his car. Mm-hmm. To me, drifting is normally like. Normally, it's a loss of traction. Is right. when I've been drifting. It's on mm-hmm. snow or in rain. It's all this free horsepower laying yeah, on the ground. Yeah, all of a sudden. Well, the difference of actually drifting with somebody that's like putting a car with force where they want to with the tires is like, oh, okay, you're actually pulling G forces right. while you're doing this. Where right. when you're doing it like on the snow, you're just sitting in a car that has no traction right. anywhere. Right. Where that was, it was in. Yeah, it was like we're sideways right now, but I can still feel the tire pushing us toward that way or mm-hmm. this way like pretty uh yeah exactly like uh another experience to add to my repertoire of experiences that you know now if i get in a car with an amateur drifter the someone that's going to teach me now i can just continue hey that, you're not doing it right uh i've been in uh, another car and it felt a lot different than this yeah <laughs> yeah that's something um the whole drifting thing is just it's something that i want to pursue but i'm not quite sure how that's going to end up yet. But. Yeah, me neither. I think I'm in the same boat as you are. Like the only thing for me is like every once in a while I look for like just some cheap like E30 BMW or just some sort of something like that's – I had a 350Z for a little while. My wife did. Then we blew that up, so we sold it. That was kind of going to be our little entry to drift. And uh, Should have just kept it and LS swapped it. Yeah, should have, could have added to the I, uh, yeah. list of products. I know how it is. I've no, it was one of those ones of – we bought it. We it was a cheap Z. It had issues. We knew there was things wrong with it. We drove it for a while, and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, "Well, we're gonna buy it, and we're just gonna last swap it when it blows." Mm-hmm. Well, it just blew a lot sooner than I was right. anticipating. So then it became it was like, "Well, it's either gonna sit around for like two years and just sit there, or you can just sell it and take your hit." Yeah, yeah take the hit, the find chin. another one in two years, and see where you're at. Right. So, yep. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, we'll get this one wrapped up. We're about an hour and 41 in, so we'll get you wrapped up. Have a, why don't, before we wrap it up, tell the people like your YouTube, Instagram, all that type of stuff, where they're going to find you, where they can, uh, go through your social media and see all the stuff that you've already got out and kind of, uh, from this point forward, uh, see what you got going on in the future. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is just tire fryer 95. It's, uh, the Australian spelling of tire. Everything else is fine. So it's T Y R E, uh, F R Y E R 95. And then the YouTube is just um, same spelling. It's just tire fryer. So yeah, you can hop on there and some, I will add a little caveat. Some of the early stuff is a little like, I'll recognize that it's a little cringy, not my best work, but I am trying to, <laughs> trying to tweak it and, you know, find my own style and yeah. And yeah, I mean, just improve content every time I put something up. Yup. And like you said it uh, early on in the thing, like when you're when you're creating videos and putting yourself out there to the public, you know, like you said, you, you're throwing shit at a wall to see what sticks. Right. But at the same time, it's like that's where hopefully the acceptance, I think, of the average person gets that more of like understand that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you just said your earlier stuff is cringy worthy to you. And it's like. You don't need somebody in the comments to tell you it's cringeworthy. Oh, there's been multiple people in the comments telling but, me how bad it is. So, but that's the thing that's, of like, you should be able to look at it and be like, oh, this right. guy's starting out. Let's see where he's getting to. And 
you know, the real people that are actually going to be a fan of you, that's the thing. They're looking right. to jump on the ride. Hey, this dude's doing things that I'm interested in. I like his style exactly. I like the way he edits his videos. You know, and that's – I've done some of that stuff. I've edited videos to the comments before where, like, you take stuff to heart a little too much. You're like, all right, well, fine. I will do that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I've put out product where then I'm like, that sucked. And then I'm right. like – I had more negative review on that. Because mm-hmm. I listen to somebody. Well, if I'm going to get negative review, it's going to be my 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 stuff right. that's getting reviewed. Yeah. Be like that wasn't even my idea. I stole it from the comments. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my main thing is I'm <laughs> I'm just trying to make the best content that I can make for yep. my skill set and just try to you know grow as a person. And also, like, I'm not too proud to admit that I've made a mistake. So if I make, if I'm doing a build and I make a mistake, I'm going to be showing that, you know, cause like one of the things that I always like just getting into motorsports and building stuff, like people don't show mistakes um, often enough and they don't show, you know, the times when, when you're getting kicked in the teeth by a project or whatever. So that's kind of something that like I want to do some of as well, you know, like showing a little more. Of yeah. It. Like if I, if I screw up, if it was something that a mistake that I made, then I'm going to try to, you yep. know, instead of glossing over that, which I feel like some people definitely do. I'm not like pointing any, you know, fingers at specific. No, it people, does. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, uh, I think people have a hard time with social media that, you know, don't use it to the level of someone like yourself or I use it. I find, you know, like people in my personal life, you know, I got friends that I went to high school with, you know, they have a couple hundred followers. They kind of, you know, they post 10 pictures since high school. Right. They just don't use it and they don't view it the same capacity that I view it. And I've, ta- you know, taken critique from them of like, yeah, I just don't get why you, you post so much stuff on there. You post so much of your personal life and this and that. And, all that. and I've, my viewpoint on the thing is like, I actually don't. I feel like I don't post any of my personal life stuff on here. I actually, specifically only post like this one hobby that right. I'm into. Mm-hmm. I actually have a whole world I feel that I live outside of here, but you know, it, it's just the perceptions you get right. told that by people and you're like, Oh wow. I, I didn't even think about your perception. And then that it's kind of a learning process along the way. It's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you are putting yourself out there and people are interpreting you good or bad, right. whatever way. And you just got to be able to, yeah, hopefully latch onto the good ones. And, you know, hopefully the people leaving the bad comments more of like, well, hopefully you just leave your comment and forget about me. Move on. <laughs> well, know? one thing I've kind of discovered with the whole like haters and people leaving like nasty comments, like those people are as a general rule, like they're people that aren't happy with their own life. You know, yeah. they're people that are going to a job or, you know, maybe don't have a job. And they're hating life. They're not happy with themselves. And so they're trying to drag somebody else down. And that's like, I don't waste my time going and watching somebody's video and then figuring out like, oh, they're doing this wrong. Like, if I don't, you know what I mean? Like, if I see something that I'm like, oh, I would have done that differently. I just kind of store it in your brain and move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not spending a bunch of time and energy trying to comment stuff. So yeah, that's where like haters generally are very unhappy people. And I kind of like, I feel bad for them because like at the end of the day, 
regardless of whether I'm making mistakes or not, I'm out there having fun. Exactly. You know, that's what it is. Is uh, and that's what I'm meaning of like at the end of the day, it's you're just put you exactly you're you're out throwing shit at the wall and you're seeing what sticks and you're seeing where it's gonna take you. So that's uh, all the stuff that stories like that. I'm super glad we got you in here, got talking about it. You know, it's kind of uh, you're one of those ones. It's kind of wild to think back of uh, all of the people I get in here, whether I meet them through Instagram, meet them in person first, and. You know, kind of one of those things of like, I had known of you, I'd seen you on YouTube videos, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like literally just woke up and got on my Facebook and I see Monster Max and the Dunes and I'm seeing posts and I was like, I guess I'm going to go to the Dunes today and see what's up with these guys and, you know, led into, yeah, we spent a lot of that day together and, you know, hanging out and then um, has led in just keeping in touch ever since then and now mm-hmm. doing this podcast. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to Drag Week 2022. Let's I really hope... Uh, I really do want to hold. It. I hope people don't hold me too accountable to it. Cause same, I, yeah. I was I'm like, like now people are really gonna hold broken, me to it. Same, <laughs> but I it has been on my because this year they took off out of Martin, so mm-hmm. out of Michigan, mm-hmm. so they they don't always do that every year. So right. now that's the thing is I actually did really want to do it this year because mm-hmm. it's you start in Martin and then you end back at Martin. So now, of course, like next year, it's probably going to be like the most furthest away one. It'll probably be in Bowling Green, <laughs> closer yeah. to me. Hey, you know what? That'd be sick, though, because uh, now I have an excuse to come down to Bowling Green if that happens. Right. So yeah. No, we'll I'm... see if we can make something happen. We'll uh, be dope to do some content stuff in the future for sure. Yeah. We need to get some uh, sure. running Chevys back. <laughs> we got some... Uh, well, you're further along. You're a lot closer than I am right now. Well, I don't know. I just got the thing. Um, I got it to start without grinding horribly but it won't idle now so whenever i get back i'm gonna have to it's try to make it idle but i figured I, i'm like i'm hoping i just forgot to connect like a vacuum line or something <laughs> but right. you know who knows well thanks for coming in I had a lot of fun talking with you and yeah, uh same. we'll catch Anytime. you next time